Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. If life gives you lemons, make lemonade. If the lemons are rotten, take out the seeds and plant them in order to grow new lemons. And that is a quote by Louise Hay. She's one of my all-time favorite teachers on the power of the mind and how what you think about is what unfolds. So it was fun to find that. So welcome, bonjour, hola, and I was trying to do Korean. On it, on is I think I have to practice that. Anyway, thanks again for joining me on the Profitable Photographer. And I'd like to invite you to also join my private group called the Profitable Photographer in Facebook and like the page of the same name and also my Instagram. I always post show notes and a picture so you'll be notified of who's next every time. So I'm super happy to uh, make a new acquaintance. I met him through the ASP group. Is that Association, American Society of Photographers? I think that's it. Uh, you can correct me, Jonathan, if I'm wrong. So Jonathan Givens is my guest. He is a PPA Master of Photography and Certified Professional Photographer, and his specialty is the entertainment industry dance, circus, musicians, actors, and so forth. And that made me really excited to learn more about that world. So I wanted to have him on the show. He began as a performer himself, and then he had an injury. So he moved backstage and that unfolded into a photographic career. He's the author of a best-selling book, Dance Across the U.S., and for this, he drove to all 50 states in 90 days, yikes, photographing dancers from five years old to 61 to raise money for the National Park Service. So my favorite thing in the world is a national park. So thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> um, also, he raised money for the National Endowment for the Arts, and it has won five first place National Literary Awards and it's the only dance photography book in history to do so. His first studio is located in Sunrise, Florida, and he's currently building a second one in Jackson, Tennessee. He's living outside of Nashville with his incredible wife, Leanne, and two puppies. So thank you, Jonathan, for joining us. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Yeah, fun to have you. So just a little my own personal curiosity. Um, what did you do in the entertainment industry before you shifted from being, I assume, on stage to backstage? What didn't I do? Um, so my first professional show, I was 12. Um, <laughs> I, I was a actor, dancer, singer, a triple threat, as they say in the biz. Mm -hmm. Um, all live stage stuff. I wasn't a TV actor or a movie actor or anything. It was mm -hmm. all, you know, musical theater, uh, you know, plays, Broadway stuff, that kind of thing. So did that for quite a number of years, um, did 34 national tours and then got injured in a show, uh, blew out my voice in one show and broke my ankle in another. Oh, geez. Uh, 
which uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know how to I didn't know how to do anything else. So I'm like, well, I need to reinvent myself somewhere still in the industry. Mm-hmm. What can I do? And I was always interested in the backstage stuff, the technology behind entertainment, you know, the lighting, the audio, the rigging, the, you know, the, the scenic construction, all that kind of thing. And I was always mm-hmm. asking questions and just started doing that as, as uh, my full-time job. So did that. I was the master carpenter for the Oprah Winfrey show, head carpenter for Cirque du Soleil. Um, I, I ran circuses in the Middle East. Uh, I built cruise ships, uh, the, like the rigging systems for cruise ships, which is how I met my wife. Um, so I've had a really cool career, you know, motion pictures and, you know, my own IMDB listings and all that jazz. Wow. Uh, and it's been great. And it was Oprah Winfrey who got me into photography. Oh, how did that uh, happen? So, <laughs> do tell. Do tell. <laughs> Uh, in 2004, uh, we did Oprah's version of American Idol. It was called Oprah's Pop Star Challenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, we won an Emmy for that show. Um, and uh, I built the sets and everything for it. Mm-hmm. And Oprah had mentioned to me, you know, hey, you, uh, you should be photographing the stuff that you build. So you have a portfolio of everything that you've done, you know, to show because this show isn't going to last forever. You're not going to stay here forever. Um, so you can, in the future, say, here's my work and, you know, this is what I can do. Mm. So, uh, you know, Oprah said, buy a camera. I guess I should go get a camera. Yeah. Um, went to Best Buy and picked up a Nikon and it went like, click, 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 click. Didn't like that. Picked up a Canon and went, click. Said, ah, Canon. <laughs> I'm a Canon guy now because yes. I like the sound of the shutter. That's the only <laughs> reason why. Yeah. Uh, and I just started shooting stuff and, you know, got a nifty 50 and went, whoa, depth of field. Oh, this is cool. Oh, wow. Look at all these things I can do. <laughs> and somebody had told me, shoot what you know. I'm like, well, I, I know entertainment. So I started shooting dancers and circus people. And on the shows that I was working, uh, performers were always happy to have you take their photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I was touring Europe with Cirque du Soleil and we were in Amsterdam for three months and I photographed people all over Amsterdam and Rome for three months and London for three months and Madrid and you know, Brussels. And it, it was awesome. So that's kind of how I cut my cut my teeth on on that and just kept doing it more and more until finally I decided to make that my full time and not really retire, but put the entertainment full-time work sort of on the back burner. Mm -hmm. I still do a little bit here and there just when I want to, but uh, you know, the uh, photography is all we do. So occasionally you'll do some acting or singing or things like that. Is that what you're saying? Well, so I, I will go on stage again at some point, you know, when I'm like in my 60s and 70s I can go on and be the kooky character actor Mm -hmm. Uh, I still have my equity card which is the union for professional actors Um, so you know my my goal is to go back at some point and do it but uh, what I do now is I I teach rigging to uh, to IATSE which is the union for stagehands Uh, I teach rigging classes for uh, circus people uh, for performers uh, for people that want to fly circus people um, so that's really the, the bulk of the, the entertainment technology stuff mm. that I'm doing now is really around rigging. Okay. Um, so does what you're doing now then keep you more close to home or are you still yeah, and that, traveling that a lot? with entirely the, the goal. We, uh, being on the road so much doing entertainment, 
you know, somebody would call and say, can you be in Madrid tomorrow? Can you go to, you know, Milan next week, that sort of thing. And it was fun. It was great fun. But after 30 years of doing that, I wanted to be home. I have a wonderful wife and I have great puppies. Uh, I, I like being here. Mm-hmm. Um, so for our busy season, we do uh, dance school, like volume photography through dance schools. Oh. And I've got the nine different states for all the schools that we go to. And we have a trailer and the puppies ride in the truck. And we, my wife and I, we drive to all of the schools and we do all of that. And we get to still be together, even so we're traveling, wow. which is great. Wow. So I really like that you've had this career that is, I'll just say kind of flashy and envious from this, you know, from the, from my chair (laughs) and kind of when a lot of people, including me get into photography, you think, yes, I want to do, I want to travel and photograph famous people. And, and I, think it's very cool that you were like, well, that was fun. Now I have other priorities and that you're not above a volume approach to photography or doing what works for you now, what creates the life that you want right now. Do you know what I mean? And that's exactly what it is. It's having the life that I want, you know, in entertainment, we would work 24 hour days, you know, 48 hour days. I think the longest I did was 96 hours straight on one gig that was for Oprah. Um, but with no sleep, just keep working, 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 working. Yeah. Um, you know, but when you're on the road, like you're always more or less working, even though you're on the day on a day off, you're still on tour, you're out with people, you're not at home, you're not, you know, getting to really relax. Mm-hmm. And the quality of life that I want, you know, I, I like to work hard. I enjoy working hard, but then I really like to relax as well. So the way that we've sort of built our world, we have about five months of manic crazy. And then the rest of the year I can do whatever I want. So we do Mm -hmm. a lot of portrait work. We do commercial photography. We do, you know, uh, individual stuff in my studio, things like that, but they're all jobs that I take when I want to take them, if they fit around the schedule that I want to have. Mm -hmm. Um, And that to me is the most important thing is being able to have the flexibility of enjoying your life and going on the trips and spending time with your loved ones and seeing the things you want to see, because life is much more than work. You know, work is fun, especially when you get to hang out with elite people and beautiful people and do the kind of work that we do, even as photographers, you know, getting to be able to create memorable art for people it's it's touching it's it's Mm -hmm. really important it's Mm -hmm. great to do but to be able to enjoy the fruits of that labor is wonderful and Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that right yeah one of the reasons I quit weddings I I did weddings for 12 years and I loved them for nine and a half (laughs) and uh then as I was getting older even though now it seems like oh no I was so young then but it would take me two days to recover from that adrenaline hangover and the physical you know from running nonstop, and and um so shifting to portrait photography where there I, I didn't have to have that anxiety of like I have to be here and healthy on this date, six months from now, with all my gear working, you know, all, all the things like it, 
it grinds you down. But I find one of the challenges in in photography is still that balance. So how do you, um, like what I'm guessing is that you lived a such an intense schedule that then it's easier for you to see how to have more balance in your life maybe as you made the change? Is that is that something like am I on track with that? Can you give us some that, that is that? absolutely true. The the other contributing factor is I have a wife who reminds me that it's not just about work. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, because I spent so long living for work, really, truly, that mm-hmm. was the only thing I was doing. Um, and, uh, you know, being with a, a great partner, like my wife, Leanne, it's, it's, uh, I sometimes need reminding, you know, hey, what you do need to relax. And so we are we are great partners in that, that she helps me remember that there's more to life than uh, a paycheck. Yeah. I, I do you know who Charles Lewis is. I do not. So back in the I guess it was the late 80s and early 90s, he traveled around the country. What would you call it? Like if if you were trying to convert somebody to a religion. So proselytizing about the importance of selling wall portraits and creating a life where you go home at night to be with your family. And he always shares still about how his wife was leaving him because there was no life. You know, he was working 24 seven for very little money. And that's always one of my concerns with people who are doing shoot and share photography for 200, 300, 400 is how much work it is to uh, make a good living. And yet there's opportunities like what you do where, you know, I'm sure you're not getting $10,000 a client for dance school, but you design it in a way so that time for dollars is really worth it. And then leaves you the ability to have a life around that am i on track with that um for the most part yeah but the the in our portrait work we do have clients that'll come in and spend several thousand dollars on wall art and everything but a dance school for the same amount of time like we have i'll work for a week at a dance school and we'll clear thirty thousand dollars you know forty thousand dollars on that school Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's a we found a model that really works where it's not a shoot and burn. You know, we do uh, we do sell digitals and we do sell prints and we sell a lot of prints um, and we do edit the stuff that we actually deliver to a certain extent. I shoot really mm-hmm. clean in my volume work, but, you know, it is a it's sort of a boutique volume model that we've created, Ooh, I like which that. is quite different than what most folks are doing. Tell me more about a bon- hard to say a boutique volume model. What does that look like? Well, so in the traditional model of volume photography, if you think a yearbook photographer, uh, where they come in and they spend twenty seconds per kid, here's your three shots. Thank you very much. Next, they're in, they're out. You get your prepaid, you know, twenty dollar package or whatever it is, and you deliver, you know, the picture that you choose, and you're done. 
with the dance shoots that we do, we do five minute sessions. We'll shoot 40, 50, 60 frames in that amount of time. Sorry, did you say five minute? Five minute sessions, yes. Okay. Um, the uh, We'll shoot 40, 50, 60 frames in that amount of time. Um, oh. Being a dancer, I'm doing all the posing of everybody when they come in. Uh-huh. Um, and while they have pre-purchased a single image, often people will walk away with purchasing 10, 15, 20 images from their session. Um, because we are giving them the precision of the dance, we're showing them the technique, we're showing their their dancers, you know, with great extension and good point and good flexibility, because we have the experience in the industry to be able to do that, as opposed to somebody who's a great shooter but doesn't understand dance. Right. Um, you know, so we're, we're able to give a better quality product, which leads to more back end sales. Mm-hmm. So our, our average sale per person is in the hundreds as opposed to in the tens. Um, and when you extrapolate that over a school with a thousand kids, it adds up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do think that um, people leave a lot of money on the table that are doing like Santa pictures or what would some other things be? Um, that's just the first one that comes to mind, mini sessions, that there's sure. ways to structure it so that you're not uh, losing out on what could be a great sale if you did a custom work. Um, it, so what I heard in that is when you're the expert in a certain genre, then the results are going to be superior to what somebody like I could do, even though I love dance and I've you know, taking not ballet, but dance classes all through high school, college and such. But I wouldn't know that precision that especially with ballet and other other um, kinds of dance. It, now, it, it, is, it is certainly possible for a photographer who's not a dancer to take great dance shots. However, they're going to need an outside person to be able to help them get those moments mm-hmm. because they don't necessarily have the experience for that so the the fact that I'm able to do that on my own keeps me from having another person on the payroll basically right Uh, you know so I can create the moment and take the moment as opposed to looking to somebody else to say is this good or did I get it here right 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 yeah I this is slightly different but I photographed a woman that has I photographed her with her three horses and she she's a trainer and she rents and she she teaches people and I'm not like I've I think I've done a couple other horses before I did this one and I took a lot of photographs that I thought were you know great of the horses and she loved it she ordered a ton she ordered a book and so forth but it was so interesting to see her go well um the mustang he looks a little nervous there, like because that's her thing. She could read just the slightest expression that I wouldn't notice. So um, I love that idea of if you're doing something where you don't have the expertise, bringing somebody with you is a way to um, make sure that you wow your clients and sell more, right? I agree. No, I, I think there's a lot of value, at least for us anyway, to specialize in an area. Um, you know, I don't do wedding shoots. I don't do baby shoots. I don't do, 
you know, the, the family photo on the beach kind of thing. That's just mm-hmm. not something that we want to do. Cause honestly, I wouldn't know what to do with them. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I can take a picture. It'll be properly exposed and the lighting will be nice and all, you know, that kind of thing. But it's, they're, they're people that really have a knack for shooting families, right. for shooting pets, for shooting, whatever you, you're going to get a better product ultimately um, you know, I, I think we all did when you start being a photographer, you take pictures of your dog and the flowers and the textures on your ceiling and the concrete and whatever it is, you know, being a generalist like that is sort of how we learn. But then being able to say, this is what I do here really helps, I think, individuals excel uh, and stand apart from other folks. Mm-hmm. I, I can't think and I, I, I'm certainly not the most knowledgeable photographer in the world, but I can't think of a generalist photographer that is really successful. I just, I haven't been exposed to anybody like that. I know a few, but I do see that because being in this business so long, I have seen people who rise to stardom and are doing incredible work and become very well known in our, you know, in our community, the professional photographers of America and, and they're never generalists. Like they have a, a certain something that is recognizable and, and their skill level, their, you know, the expertise, the quality, everything is so strong because they've been focusing on, on that. And that's what they show the world as well. So then they get that, that identity behind them. So let's talk about that a little more. So specializing so value one is that you become better at what you do. I just heard you say. Um, so what would be another reason to be a specialist rather than a generalist? Uh, I think it's a, a level of trust that you get with your clients mm. for, for us, um, particularly when you're dealing with people that are doing things that are dangerous, like flying around in the air hanging from their hair or from their toes or something like that, where if they fall, they are going to severely injure themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Being that that is the world that I specialize in, I have the experience to deal with them and make sure that they are provided for, the environment is safe, they're not going to be in an environment that could potentially harm them in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and there's that level of trust there. It's kind of like going to your you're a general practitioner, doctor, you know, you go to the GP and he says, well, that looks like that could be serious. I'm going to send you to the specialist to be able to really check it out. Um, you know, and because that's what they do. That's all they do. Right. Uh, and for me, that's where I want to hang out. I don't want to go to the uh, auto mechanic who's, you know, the also a, a baker and a painter and a landscaper. And a, <laughs> <No. laughs> you, yeah. you know? Yes. I, I, you're preaching to the choir with me. And I don't know if you know that I do business coaching for photographers. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's one of the first things that I try to help people do is focus on what they love the most that they can excel if they're not already where they want to be. And then when they'll be like, oh, so-and-so wants me to a church directory or you know these, these things that are not like the core um, expertise or what they're building towards, you know, I'm always like, 
Okay, let's get back to what it is you're trying to become known for and excel at. So yeah, and I love that thought. I hadn't ever specifically thought about the trust aspect, but definitely someone that specializes in newborn babies. My great niece just had a child year and a half ago. And when the babe was five days old, if I had had somebody photographing him instead of me, I would have gone to a specialist because newborn babies are very fragile. And I would want to know that that photographer took the utmost care on every level and wasn't like hanging them from something that could drop even. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. Better product trust. So what's a third um, reason you might think of the value of specializing? That was a bad grammar, but you get what I mean. <laughs> my get daddy's what voice I, I, in the back of my head. And now my brother's also the grammar police. So, <laughs> okay. Number three thoughts. I, I think it's just another variant of the same thing. The uh, ha- having the, the, the trust in somebody is, is key to it, but then having it be, um, you know, a, oh, how do I even say that? I'm going to have to think about this. For a okay. Minute. Well, I'll throw one in then. When we have a specialty, people know what to say to, to share with others. So it's a branding where if, if you're like, I'm a photographer when, and they say, what do you do? And you say kids and families and passports and dance and this and that it's kind of mushy in people's brains. But if you say, I'm a children's photographer and I especially love babies, then they can get a picture and they know what to, how to think about you, that, that uh, you know, how to share and when they might, oh yeah, I know a good baby photographer. So there's just value in being like the, the go-to person in an area. And also I think you can charge more uh, when you're the expert. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. You know, we are, uh, like you said, we're not the cheapest person out there for sure. We're definitely not the most expensive either. Um, and uh, quite honestly, we could be charging more for what we do, but I have chosen not to. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the market that we are in, it would exclude people from some of the services that we do. And I don't want to do that. Um, mm-hmm. the, being a struggling actor, you know, building, you know, starting my career, living with a, a nine people, sharing a two bedroom apartment <laughs> in New York, you know, doing that kind of thing. Yeah. It is hard to be a professional performer, um, you know, and everybody goes through that. And my first headshots, when I, my first real headshots, when I got them in the nineties, I paid $1,200 for a one hour session. Uh, and I got, two headshots out of mm. that. Um, and that was the nineties. Yeah. Um, and they were, they were great headshots. Don't get me wrong. Um, mm-hmm. And well worth it because and I got, got your work. work out of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but it was, I, I, I didn't eat for a little while because I had to pay right. for headshots. Right. Um, and, and so I want to try to help out the industry as much as I can. You know, I do, right. 
Uh, every year I do a free shoot called the Great Dancer Giveback, where I do a free session for people to come in and get new headshots or new dance shots, whatever, um, so they can build up their portfolio and have the quality work that we do at at no cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are that's a specific thing that we do every year. Um, you know, cause it's, it's, it's hard being in the biz. And while there are plenty of people that can afford it and make great money or parents that are paying for their children to get their first photo shoots and their first headshots and things like that. Um, you know, the, uh, I'm 24 and I'm struggling to make it. And it's a choice of, do I pay rent or do I eat? And I still need pictures. And how do I do that? You know, those, uh, I wouldn't want to charge to a point where those people couldn't afford it. Right. What I hear from you, though, is that you've created a system so that you can afford to do that and and eat well now and have time off and travel Absolutely. and save and all those good things. And you're also, I'm sure that because you are specializing, then other things that you do that are custom, they're sort of like a, I don't know if panache is the right word, but um, anyway. I'm sure you also in that personal or the, the non-volume work that you do, you're comfortable charging really well and, and having that be a big part of your yearly income. Oh, I would oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, like commercial work. I really enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it is fun to seeing numbers like that. Right. <laughs> yes. Commercial photography can be very, very lucrative. And I started out, you know, doing a little of everything just to learn. And I ended up doing personal work because that's what is the most fun for me. But I know that, um, you know, companies have budgets and they put money aside to market. And um, yeah, it's a good, good avenue for income. So I can think of one more reason for specializing but i want to check in with you see if any other thoughts bubbled up on that everything that i've come up with it all basically is under that subsection of trust got it you know trusting that you're going to treat them well that you're going to keep them safe that you're not going to exploit them that you're going to know their terminology that you're going to help get the best Mm -hmm. images for them all of that comes under trust. So really everything that I can think of is basically that. Got, uh, got it. And that's that's what I try to you know really um, promote in our business is that mm-hmm. people can trust us. Right. Um, but if I, I'd love to hear something else if you've got another one. Well, every specialty has to be marketed in a different way. So it saves a lot of energy and money when you've got a niche that then that you're marketing to that client base, your materials, your everything you're putting out there. It's just a one lane rather than, okay, and I'm going to do, do weddings too. So now I need to go to bridal shows. I need to make friends in the bridal industry. I need to um, have pamphlets and samples. And now do I need two websites or one? I don't know. And so it, it's just, I found that when I switched from weddings to children, then just thinking up places to get moms and dads to find me 
was, you know, that was plenty for my brain <laughs> and time and, and money. So yeah, it just simplifies things. Um, so yeah, that's my pretty much the, our products get better. People trust us that branding is stronger. There's potential to earn more money when you're the, you know, the top in any field. And what I just said, easier to market one thing than a whole bunch. And this is why you're the smart person that you are, because that's, <laughs> that's absolute truth. I, I love that. You're, you're totally right. It simplifies your world by specializing. It, it just, it does make your life easier. And I, I've seen that in ourselves, in our own business. It's great. So yeah, thank you for articulating what I couldn't. Sure. Well, because <laughs> I'm coaching people and I'm trying to simplify my coaching by having them specialize so I can help them figure out <laughs> how to find clients. <laughs> like sure. in, especializing in weddings, there's a whole category of ways to get ideal clients and, you know, in every genre pets. Oh my gosh. I, I knew maybe 10 years ago that people could create an incredible pet photography business and I had all these ideas of what people can do because there's so many small businesses in the pet industry, just like weddings. And in the world you're, you're playing in, I'm guessing it's kind of the same where there's lots of connections and networking and people who know people and making friends and, and uh, you know, just hanging out in the world of entertainment. Uh, then leads to the ability to connect and and grow. So yeah, so basically, coaching has helped me verbalize it more. Um, so I'm guessing that some of my listeners might want to know a little bit more about how they might get started in um, the entertainment industry. Maybe they're at the point in life where they'd love to travel around the world or even around their state and be photographing artists and dancers and theater and musicians and circus and all of that. Do you have thoughts or tips on like where someone would start or what, what can you tell us? It's like a whole world. I don't know. Other than well, so yeah, be an actor and a singer and a dancer, but if you're not that, but you love that world. <laughs> Sure. Um, performers need imagery. They constantly need it, especially in the world that we live in today. Um, people get hired from social media alone often. Um, there'll be uh, a circus or a show that needs a hand balancer, let's say, because somebody got injured and they need somebody in the next day or two. Um, they will literally just go to social media and find somebody. And if it looks like they can do a good job, they will call them and say, hey, you want a job? Mm. No audition, no anything. So imagery like that is fantastic for performers. And uh, performers will make time to do that, um, yeah, especially ones that are uh, still newer in the business and coming up. If somebody that's in a, a Cirque du Soleil show for 20 years they probably don't need them as much because they're comfortable and they're set. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, the, the first recommendation I would say is 
look through your own network and see if you have a personal connection to somebody that's in the area that you want to shoot. There are lots of people that want to take advantage of circus folk, especially the guy with camera kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hey, girl, you're flexible. Well, come to my studio and let me take your picture kind yeah. of thing. Um, and that's something that performers are very wary of and cautious of. Right. So having a personal connection to somebody, hey, my best friend's sister is a circus performer or a dancer or a something. Um, and you have that person vouching for you that will go such a long way to being able to work with somebody. And even it's a, I've never shot this before. I would love to get some experience doing that. Would you be willing to help me out? Often they'll say yes, because you know, a performer, like I said, needs images mm-hmm. and uh, it, it is a very useful thing for them. So explore your own network is the very first thing that I would say. Um, from that point, if you don't have anybody in your network, then reach out into your community and say, all right, so in my area, are there dance schools? Because dance schools have teachers. And teachers, um, if they themselves are not a person who can do the kind of work that you're looking for, they probably know people that do that sort of thing. Um, You know, it's getting into the network that's going to give you access to those people. So in your community, if you say, hey, I've got the portrait studio downtown and, you know, you're a dance school that's here and I'd love to be able to start shooting this kind of thing. Would you be willing to help me out or can you refer me to somebody who might want to do such a thing? Um, You know, it's the, you know, somebody who's a a business uh, that's established in the area. You know, it's not just, hi, I'm Bob. Come and let me take your picture. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you have if you aren't an established business like that and you are just starting out and you don't know anybody, um, Model Mayhem often is a good place to look. Mm, Um, Backstage.com is another great place to reach out and cold contact people. Backstage is a publication that is used for performers. So like when I was a, a young actor lad in New York, you would go to the uh, the new stand and pick up a backstage paper and you'd go through it and find all the auditions that you're going to go to. These days, uh, the internet, the backstage version of that is great because you can say, here's the town I'm in. Are there actors in town? Are there dancers in town? Are there circus yeah. people in town? And okay. people will list their resume on there as a way to get work. And you can say, great, so I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Show me dancers. And it'll give you a list of everybody who's a dancer. And you can reach out to them directly there and say, hello, I'm a photographer. I would love to be able to take some pictures of something like this, like a, a TFP kind of situation. Uh, would you be interested? Uh, TFP, time for, time for prints. Okay, got it. Um, you know, I will take your picture. You get to have free pictures from it. Uh, you know, we'll have a contract. So we, you know, have the terms of usage and that kind of thing. But that's a, that's a great resource. Backstage.com is great for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm thinking about, back when I was specializing in everything and just getting experience here and there, somehow I got connected to a a high school theater program that was run by the La Jolla Playhouse. Mm -hmm. Des Mackinac, you know who Des is, was Mm -hmm. the director. And so I got to do Candid's 
during, it was like a week long event and they did performances and I got to photograph for them. And I pretty much think I gave them the film or the negatives or something. And yeah, if I, that, <laughs> that was like an opportunity that, uh, first of all, it was really cool to meet Des Mackinac and watch his continued incredible um, career unfold and all of the all of the plays that have gone on Broadway and won Tonys and such. Um, so I'm thinking that you're saying that's the kind of thing, find these opportunities. I didn't get paid very much, but if I had wanted to go into that world, that was a nice beginning. Is that going to get an amen on that? That that's Amen. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Great sister. I'd forgotten about that. I mean, it was so fun to watch these kids, you know, these teenagers and, and get to photograph them and get prime space. Okay. So mm -hmm. I love that model mayhem backstage, reach out to your community, look at your own network. I mean, that's it, when people join like chambers of commerce, I imagine some people who are in, let's say San Diego has a chamber of commerce there might be somebody who knows somebody who is in, um, you know, the ballet or the symphony or some of the other um, performing arts in town. And uh, that would be great ways to get introductions. So, and not just be like some slimy, <laughs> slimy weekend photographer wanting to photograph some pretty young girl. So, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and especially because there have been instances where even established dance photographers have um, crossed the line with their clients. Um, it is a, a very, um, it, it's something that people are very concerned about is making sure that they're not being taken advantage of. There was a, a gentleman who was uh, locked up for 20 years um, uh, for child pornography um, where he was, uh, he was a dance photographer that specialized in kids. Um, and uh, his, his drive failed and he set it into drive, ma or drive masters, drive savers, whatever. And they found all this stuff on his drive called the FBI. And he was huge in the dance photography community. Um, you know, so having, um, having people vouch for you goes an incredibly long way. Because, yeah. I bet even back in cave days, there was somebody saying, would you pose for me uh, painting in, in the cave with the goat blood? You <laughs> 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 need to get a reference on that, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, so I have a second uh, and then we're, we're just about done. I feel like I could talk to you forever, which maybe next year we'll get to meet in person or some other way, you know, PPA, oh, I hope so. other, other things. Um, okay. So I know you've done some work with the circus and off of this recording, you were starting to share some things about the circus and performers and everything that's kind of different. I think people, <clears throat> excuse me, would love to hear what you were going to share with me about the circus. Um, circus 
circus folks are are a special breed, um, especially people that have been in the industry, you know, four or five generations deep. You know, my great great grandmother was in the circus, and her kids were in the circus, and you know. Uh, right. There are lots of families that are like that, and it's so cool to see the history behind all of that. Um, but uh, circus folk, uh, they have a phrase, um, and forgive my language, this isn't horrible language, but it's circus every damn day. Mm. Um, so wherever, <laughs> wherever people are, they will circus in whatever environment they're in. Um, you know, hang from a light post somewhere, do backflips down the streets or, you know, <laughs> uh, they, they, they don't have, if the moment seizes them, they will take it. Um, you know, when, uh, when we plan photo shoots, we do permits and, you know, permission and, and all of that. That's a very, um, that's very key to the, the way that we run our business. Um, but just in a circus person's life, not even with photography, um, somebody will see, hey, there's this bar right there and I really wanna go flip around on it or hang upside down and hey, let's do a thing. Uh, and I have, uh, I was doing a circus in Lebanon in Beirut, just outside of Beirut, a town called Junia. Um, there is a, a big casino there and we were doing a residency for a year. And there is a ancient Roman town called Balbec that is up in, in the mountains, basically, of Lebanon. And it's the most amazing Roman ruins that you've ever seen, giant pillars and all this great architecture. And um, all of our dancers and circus people basically climbed on top of everything and we're doing handstands and backflips. <laughs> I'm hanging off the edge of this 2,000-year-old precipice and you know, hey, look at me, I'm circusing here where, you know, Caesar used to hang out. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's a fun, oh. fun life to be around people that love life and love what they do. Really? Um, <laughs> you know, and that's going back to the specializing thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's one thing to love photography, but if you really love the subject matter that you're in, I mean, I live eat and breathe entertainment i love what i do mm. um, and to be able to wake up every day and get to do something that to my core is just exciting and satisfying and it, you know it's it's a wonderful thing and as a person that would generalize you know if i was taking pictures of family photos like sure i'm taking photography and it's great but it's kind of soul-sucking to do something that you don't have that passion for Right. And to me, that is a wonderful part about specializing is I get to do the thing that I want to do more than anything else. And mm -hmm. it's fantastic. Yeah, that, I think that is the most biggest, strongest, bestest argument for specializing is it doesn't feel as much like work, right? I mean, absolutely. And then when it feels like work, that's when I had to stop doing weddings is Jonathan, I used to cry at cartoon weddings. I, I still watch Say Yes to the Dress because uh, I just mm. like wedding dresses, but I'm not interested in photographing those brides. But, but babies have always been something I've absolutely loved. And so when I transitioned, then again, it, you know, I was great 
at photographing kids because I love them. They're my favorite thing in the world. And mm-hmm. now, you know, with my expanding to being more of a coach, well, I've always been somebody that likes to talk and have a good conversation and give people ideas and help them grow. So again, this specialty for me doesn't feel as much like work um, as, you know, I don't know what else I might be doing, but yeah, that's a big, important point about specializing in what you love. And then, then it's fun every day. Now I will say the one little caveat to that, there is a a woman that I have been friends with for 15 years. um, And I shot her first professional headshots. I've done her dance shots. I've done her aerial shots. Um, and she's like, you are my life photographer, whatever I am doing, when I need photos, I'm calling you and you are not allowed to say no, no matter what. Right. So I shot her engagement session. I shot her wedding. It's the only wedding Mm -hmm. that I've done. Um, but we did it like a dance shoot. So she got married on a cruise ship. We went and we, uh, pulled into port in Puerto Rico and we went around old town San Juan and in her wedding dress, we did like hand-to-hand balancing with her and her husband. We mm. did jumps on the top of the fort. We, uh, you know, spinning around in her dress. And all, I mean, it, it was a dance shoot. It just happened to be her wedding. Um, but man, that was the most stressful thing. I don't know how wedding photographers do it. Yeah. It was so like, I have to get the kiss. I have to get the ring. I have to get the thing. I have the, ah! it was. <laughs> it's really stressful. It, it gave me palpitations. When, when I watched Saving Private Ryan, the movie about yeah, yeah. the a big part of it is they're getting ready for a battle. Mm-hmm. And I watched how they planned it and like, who's got this ammunition and I've got this on this shoulder and this on this one. And, and the, the bullets for each one are near my, near me. And the guy over there, he's got my angle. I've got this angle. And I'm like, that's very familiar, except no one's going to die, but the body thinks they are. You know, when that kind of stress, um, it is hard on a gal for sure. <laughs> and sure. at the same time, it's exciting. Not the war part, the wedding part. <laughs> it's it that adrenaline. I used to be kind of an adrenaline junkie until I, you know, got into a adrenaline's anonymous 12 strip <laughs> program <laughs> because being able to create beauty and art and magic and to be with people at this time in their life can be just thrilling, but yeah, it's hard. So, and, you know, and the, 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 for, for us in the wedding, the, the benefit there is because I'm also a, a seamstress. Like I, I sew oh, on geez. top of all the other things that I do <laughs> and she heard she couldn't get into her dress and I had to repair her dress. Oh. And then her bridesmaids didn't know how to lace her up. Cause I was photographing the getting ready part as well. Yeah. Um, all the other girls in the room didn't know how her bodice laced up. So I laced her into her bodice. Cause again, you know, that's the stuff I do. She's like, thank gosh, you're here. You are, you know, a technician is what I need in this. I love uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a good, you know, if you ever decide you want to be a wedding photographer, all of the things come into play. Like I've been a psychologist. Um, Oof. I've a lot, uh, you know, people, weddings bring out the best and the worst in friends and family and so I end up ended up you know if someone was upset with a bridesmaid 
because this or that. I'm like, you know, this is just what happens during weddings and everyone is stressed, not just you. And, you know, so being a little armchair therapist that always came in handy as a wedding photographer, but uh, yeah. So glad I didn't have that in my wedding. Yes. I got, got married at sunrise on the beach in Florida. There were six people at my wedding, mm. um, including the uh, justice of the peace of the, the ceremony. Nice. It was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have the same uh, kind of families that have been with me, uh, you know, 20 plus years and, and I do their weddings. Uh, I've done baby portraits, first communions, uh, several family portraits, senior portraits. Did I say that? Or, no. And then uh, a few of the weddings in this family because I'm their lifelong photographer. So, so I think the point, the moral of that story, what you brought up is just because we specialize in an area, it doesn't mean if someone asks us to do something and we want to do it, that we say, no, you can't have me do that. That, you know, we could still say yes to jobs that aren't our specialty if we want to, right? That's true. <laughs> no, I mean, we, we, the master of photography thing, like, you know, it's not a master in dance photography. Right. Um, you know, so I, I can take pictures of other stuff. Um, but like when I, when I look at other photographers, I, really enjoy following people that don't do what I do because uh -huh. it's, it's so nice to see stuff. And there are people um, like uh, Gigi O'Day, for example. Do you, do you know her? No. Uh, she does memory portraits by Gigi. She's a like a newborn photographer. That's kind of her thing. I wish I could make pictures that made me feel the way I feel when I look at her work. Hmm. Um, you know, it's so just like, oh, it's so cute. I can't stand it. <laughs> you know, um, you know it just, and that's that's where I find my inspiration. For, and that's that's another key thing. I think no matter what you do, find people that inspire you, that mm -hmm. build you up, that, you know, make you want to push to be better than you are. Right. Um, you know, none of us want to stay in the same place, at least I hope. None of us want to stay doing the same thing for 30 years. Mm -hmm. I do know photographers that do that and it shows. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, trying to, to grow as an artist and grow as a person and, you know, understanding more of the world around you and, and the art form that we get to, that we're blessed to be able to work in. Right. Um, you know, following people that do other things, it's so inspiring to me. Like I, there are landscape artists that I love and, you know, portrait artists that I love and people that do macro photography and things that I'm just in awe of. And it really helps me see things differently than I would otherwise. Mm -hmm. uh, now, you know, how do you, sorry to interrupt, how do you oh. keep out of the trap of feeling bad about yourself? I mean, you, you've got enough background that you're confident, but for people that are still growing and looking at other photographers and feeling like they're not good enough because these other photographers are fantastic. Do you have any thoughts on how to avoid that trap? I'm going to tell a little bit of backstory here. I had a very hard childhood. I did not grow up in a good family situation. Okay. Um, and my father 
would say things like, you're no good, you'll never be any good, you're not going to be able to do anything great, you, you're never going to matter or be important. Mm. And presented with something like that as a child, you kind of have two choices, you either go, oh, he's right. <laughs> and you kind of wither away and you do something or you say, you know what, you son of a frizzle, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to show you. And that's the way that I took it. It was a challenge. It was a dare that I, I do things all the time, but I'm like, boy, I suck. Um, but then it pushes me to improve it. Mm. Um, it's never, I don't ever think it's a bad thing to look at stuff and say, I'm not as good as that. It's never, and it's a, it's a, it's a semantics thing for yourself. It's not, I'm not good enough. It's I'm not there yet. Ah. I'm not where I want to be yet. You know, you may not be great. And there's lots of things. There are dance photographers that blow me out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm always improving and changing and it's, it's my own journey and it's going to take as long as it takes to get there. There's no rushing it. There's no shortcuts. You just have to put in the work. Yeah. Um, but looking at it and saying, I'm not there yet. That's, that's a good thing. Because if you ever get there and you're like, oh, I'm there, um, then I think you probably need to change what you're doing. Yeah. (laughs) So what I hear you say is self-talk is important and catching yourself uh, rather than letting something take you down, notice maybe that you're feeling that and then reframe it by yet, you know, I'm not, I'm not that good yet and so i really appreciate going back to how you started the show taking lemons and you know turning them into lemonade that's exactly what that is i mean you can take your failures if you want to call them that i mean failures aren't necessarily a bad thing no they're they're learning experiences every time you make a mistake you should be learning from it and growing from it and changing from it um you know so you take the lemon of the crappy portrait session that you had because you're not happy with the way that you did your work and you learn from it. Mm -hmm. You learn how to improve it. You make it right for the customer. You do, there's all of these aspects that you can do to improve that situation. You know, one of the, the big key things for us in our business is the customer service, making sure that just on the, aside from specializing or anything else, the answering calls promptly, the emailing promptly, the being clear in your communication, the making sure that you are listening to your client's concerns and addressing any problems, if any ever do come up, that kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. the, it's really easy to just say, well, that's the way I do it. And if you don't like it, you can suck it, um, you know, or I'm going to give you your money back and whatever, I don't care. Um, you know, customer service is really important. And any of those mistakes, failures, whatever they are, be it professionally or, or, or personally, you know, use them as an experience to be able to improve yourself. That's, that's something that I, I, I love that I had that lesson. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, even in my personal relationships and my, you know, my dating life and now my married life, if I do something, my wife is like, well, that was stupid. <laughs> like, oh, okay, great. So, so that's something I know I'm not to do again. Thank you very much. And let's, uh, good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I like making mistakes. It means I'm trying. Yeah. Well, and the thing is too, in comparing ourselves, I always like the term, don't compare your insides with somebody else's outsides. 
And so someone might look really successful or they're great at this one thing, but they're not great at what I do. Like you maybe can't take a, a six week old baby and create an image that like melts your heart. You know, maybe you can, maybe you can't, but I can do that all day, every day. And so staying in our lane, being inspired by others, but not, um, but remembering that there are people who look at what we do and wish they could do what we're doing. So, um, yeah. But then even more on top of that, like you, you look at somebody who is a great successful photographer, maybe they're a jerk. Right. You know, I, 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 I don't want to be like that. I want to, I love being a nice person. I love being somebody that talks to anybody, you know, so it's you, you comparing anybody on whatever metric you're going to look at. There's so much more going on than what they're showing you. We all have backstories. We all have history. Right. We all have our own private struggles, whatever they are, maybe they're physical, maybe they're mental, maybe they're emotional, who knows, um, you know, just appreciating that everybody's on their own path. Everybody's got their own journey to make. Your responsibility is to make sure that you are treating people fairly and with kindness and building yourself up and building up people around you. And that's why people like you who are business coaching is a phenomenal thing sharing things that you've found that really work and being able to help bring up people around you. That's, that's really commendable and something that's, you know, I, I want to also thank you for, yeah. um, cause boy, I've really enjoyed listening to your show. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, well, that's something I think that we all need to strive for. So I'm going to drink that in for a minute. Thank you. <laughs> and what's so much fun about doing this show is that I am so much wiser and smarter because of conversations I've had with people like you that then I take that to my clients and my friends and my own business you know so always be learning is one of my core you know somebody said what is one of the main reasons you're still in business for so long is because I'm always learning and deciding to start this podcast, I had no idea I was doing it partly because I was creating my own masterclass week after week that I could share with others, but I get the first benefit. So um, Jonathan, I love this conversation and I wish you lived in town so we could hang out. <laughs> well, I get to San Diego for a bit. So next Do time you? I'm in that way, I'll let you know. Good. I'm real right near downtown in Balboa Park. So, uh, you know, I'm not up in some suburb in the middle of, you know, what would you call it? Well, anyway, where all the houses look the same. <laughs> I'm, I'm in an old neighborhood that's very fun and funky and now super popular. So, yeah, I love hearing that. So I have two quick questions. Um, sure. One, how do we get in touch with you? And I know you have a little um, special that you're offering my listeners so getting in touch the best way is through my my website which you can find at eps like echo peter sam dash photo photo.com um there's a contact us page you can you know see my work and the kind of stuff that i do there um but uh you know it i i love sharing information i love 
you know, building up the industry and, and, and helping build up people. So if anybody wants to reach out, I will answer. I, you know, I don't have somebody that answers things for me. It's me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's, uh, you know, and there's phone numbers and things, or if you happen to be around one of my studios, then you can certainly come by there as well. Um, but, and then an offer, if anybody uh, would be interested in such thing, the book that I wrote, Dance Across the USA, um, it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and places like that. But I also have a website where you can find that as well. And anybody who wants to, you can get a 50% off. Um, so it's listed at $39.95. So basically 20 bucks. Oh, I love it. Um, and uh, it's, um, there, there's a code for that, which would be uh, DUMAS50, D-U-M-A-S-5-0, all one word. And that will save you 50% off the purchase price of that. So if you wanted to do that, I'd be happy to send it to you. Thank you. I know many people that would absolutely love that. So I'll be sure to pass that along. And then the last question is the opportunity for you to either share something that you haven't gotten to yet that you'd be like, oh, I wish I'd have mentioned that too. Or if you have just like a last word to leave us with. So what do you got? I guess the last word is where the, the world is so divided these days. Um, you know, there's politics and there's this pandemic and there's, there's all of this stuff going on. And my gosh, can we just be nicer to people? Mm. Um, you know, people are going to believe what they believe. They're going to think what they want to think. But people all need love. They need caring. They need concern. And just treating folks around you with consideration and compassion. Um, you know, I, I just, I wish everybody was a little bit more like that. Be a little more small town, I think. Yeah. Um, my, my wife and I are just buying a home in, in Jackson, Tennessee, which is a uh, like 68,000 people, much different than Fort Lauderdale where we were living. Mm. And everybody's so nice. I love it. Everybody knows everybody. The contractor working my my house, he's Santa Claus for the city, oh. uh, for, the, for the town. So for 20 years, he's been Santa Claus oh. and uh, the contracting business and knows the permit guy and knows the historical society and knows everybody else and just the nicest guy. And it's so nice being around nice people. Yeah. Um, so my gosh, be nice. Be nice. I like it. And... That's a really smart business move to be nice too. I would oh say. yeah, it goes a long a, way. Yeah, that that forming relationships um, is is a key in anything that we're doing, whether it's dating or being a neighbor or having a business and working with clients and getting cooperation from the people that we're working with. So I love that and. Jonathan, you are very, very nice. So thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you. People to stay tuned for my little quick wrap up. So yeah, Jonathan, thank you so much for being on this show and all the, all the good thoughts and stuff that you've shared. I really appreciate it. It was a real pleasure chatting with you. Thank you. You're welcome. Same here. Hey, thanks for staying tuned for the quickie wrap up. And also thanks for liking my page, the Profitable Photographer page. And then you can also ask to join the Profitable Photographer private group where I share more and really encourage you to post what you enjoyed about either this show in general or some 
episode in particular. All right. So I had so much fun talking to Jonathan, someone who has traveled as much as he has to photograph entertainers and performers, someone with his own personal history, being in theater and the arts. Um, it's really fun to get to know him. And I thought it was an interesting twist that he went from traveling worldwide with the circus and theaters and all kinds of things to making a choice to stay at home and set up a business plan that could bring in the income that he needs and give him the lifestyle that he wants. He is doing volume dance studios. And because of his expertise, he's offering way more than what most people would be able to even produce. So that helps him stand out. And he's having great average sales considering the format. So um, really liked hearing how he turned even even with something that we might think, well, it's volume, it can't be that creative. At least that would be my kind of default, but he makes it work and I love hearing that. Um, so we talked a lot about the value of specializing and I'm always, always, always trying to help people see this. And so number one, we can offer better products when we specialize. And I think it's A, because we're choosing to specialize in something we love and we're already good at. And B, the more we do one thing, the better we get at it. Number two, there's more trust from our clients when we're a specialist. Um, didn't, we didn't talk about this, but I found that in the wedding industry, back when that was my specialty, People wanted to hire people that primarily did weddings because it is such a unique culture. Um, so number three, it helps with our branding, with people understanding who we are and what we do. Number four, there's potential to make a lot more money when we specialize. Five, it's easier to market because we're just marketing one thing. And six, and I think this is the most important, is when we specialize in what we love, then our life is going to be even better because we're spending our time doing the things we enjoy. Um, then he shared some stories about working for performers. It, one of the tips, they always need photographs for social media. And if you wanted to start working with performers, look at your own network. Try to see if you have any connections. Reach out to your community, dance schools, uh, teachers, see who they might know. And then he mentioned there's a website called backstage.com to offer services for performers. And Model Mayhem, I've used that in my women's photography group uh, when we've had a, a fun project and we needed models and we've done exchange uh, sessions for photographs. And then he talked to us about the circus and I love the circus every damn day. 
um, and you'll have to listen if you want to remember what that meant. So um, anywho, thank you all for listening again and till next time. Bye-bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.